Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday with their family and friends, some great food, maybe did a little shopping. Who knows what all you got to do? I'm just excited to be back here with, with all of you this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're going to shift gears now as we begin this Christmas series. I've asked you for the last few weeks to ponder what it is, this wonder of Christmas. Do you remember Christmas as a child? I know, we live in a very different world now. Family dynamics have changed drastically in the last few decades. The family has been torn apart. Society has sought the removal of God in every possible way. And now we're being impacted in every element of life by that evil plan. Now this time of year, we're gonna begin celebrating an event that society is bent on reshaping, renaming, and ultimately trying to remove the name of Christ from. Christmas. So many people grow up with no knowledge of the true meaning of Christmas. Through this series, our prayer is that as believers or seekers, the Spirit of God can recapture our childlike wonder for these events that unfolded in Bethlehem and the impact that these events have had on the world throughout time and on each each and every one of our lives now. I pray that as a church, we can aggressively begin to address that need within our own community. There are a number of ways to begin that process. It starts with asking your neighbor, invite them in at least for Christmas Eve, if not for Christmas Sunday, or maybe even next week. It might extend out to the families of your children's classmates, to your workplace, and to the chance to show the love of Jesus and the meaning of Christmas to those you work beside every day. While the adults might know a little about Christmas, there's a very good chance their kids have never been involved with church before. They've never heard about the birth of Jesus and what that means for them. God might be calling you deeper, I see signs all over town for a foster agency looking for Christian homes. If God's calling you in that direction, please let us know how we can help you to answer that call. How can we be praying for you in this time? This is the time of year that people are the most responsive to an invitation to come to church. This week, pray for at least one person to join you next week. During the week, invite that person to join you. Then spend the rest of the week praying that God will move them to be here with you on Sunday. What a gift that would be for them and for their family this Christmas season. Now back to your memory. What do you remember about Christmas? In talking with some of you, I know you were brought up in some pretty humble circumstances. There were not huge, expensive presents for Christmas. There were not elaborate celebrations or decorations, but there was meaning. Even the smallest gifts were appreciated greatly because of the sacrifice that was made either to purchase them or to create them. Christmas was full of family and food, traditions of all kinds. Can I ask, did you look forward to those things? Think back. Did you anxiously await Christmas? What created that childlike wonder within you? For me, as a young child, it was the anticipation of the whole thing. See, right after Thanksgiving, our church held the annual Hanging of the Greens program each year. It was a big event. We'd stay after church and we'd decorate the entire building. I remember as a junior higher getting to decorate our Sunday school room. It was probably horrendously ugly, but we had fun doing it. I don't remember exactly who was in charge of the greens part, but honestly, the fellowship hall was completely filled with actual greenery. Someone each year would make a huge wreath to hang in the sanctuary. The garland in the sanctuary, the wreaths throughout the church were all made of living pine branches. The church during the month of December smelled amazing. Then there would be a dinner. 
I would always make sure to eat some of Carol Keck's homemade persimmon pudding with a huge amount of whipped cream on top of it. Oh, and there was Louise Britton's homemade angel food cake. She always brought these to church dinners. I remember I'd grab a piece. Okay, I'm lying. I would never take just one on the first trip through the line. Then I would go back after everyone else had gone through and eat nearly all of the, the cake, if not all of the rest. You know, I got to thinking as I was writing this, I really miss that homemade angel food cake. The dinner would be followed by an interesting Christmas variety show of sorts. There'd be a skit or two. Bernice Wilson and Allison Harris would play sleigh bells as a duet on the piano. There'd be a class song or two. We'd likely sing a couple of, of uh, Christmas carols that we all knew. And then Dorothy Lawler would close the program by singing Little Jesus Boy every year while there would be a reenactment of the nativity scene. I cannot tell you how many times Kristen and I got to play Mary and Joseph. At least two of my older sis or younger, youngest sisters filled the role of baby Jesus. Then there were some baby dolls. Then both Kaylee and Courtney were baby Jesus for a while as well. And that was just the church side. That kicked off the holiday season every year. It got me all excited for everything that was to come. I even look forward to our, our elementary Christmas program every year. Sure, we sang the same songs, but we filled the high school gym every year. There was just something about celebrating like that that got me excited. I know, it's hard to believe that I could ever get excited about something, but trust me, I was. And I've not even got to the family side of things yet. As I grew older, and even as a teen and young adult, my feelings toward the season, well, even now, haven't really changed at all, but my personal perspective did. I was now on the inside of the holiday celebrations, the planning, the gifts, even the food. While we all look forward to what might we might receive for Christmas, I now excitedly await to give the gifts that I had purchased from my family and my girlfriend. I love saving money throughout the year and buying fun and unexpected gifts for others. The thrill of keeping a secret, the joy to see them open it, I still love that part of Christmas. But did I understand that about Christmas? There was an element of wonder for me, sure, but was it based on the events of actual Christmas? I love the lights. I still do. There's still something very special about this time of year, even in our culture. Even though much of the culture denies, ignores, or doesn't know the true meaning of Christmas, it's still celebrated. Through music and TV specials, the wonder of Christmas is still alive and well in our culture. But what about you? If you took a moment right now and you closed your eyes and began to think about Christmas, where does your mind take you? Is it fond memories of your childhood? Is it Christmases spent with your kids and grandkids? Maybe a special moment with your spouse? Or has the work and travel and money spent caused you to resent the holiday just a little bit? Has the stress of family, the pressure to entertain, the worldly battle to please everyone caused you to want to escape the entire thing? What is your spirit toward the holiday? Have we all gotten so absorbed into what the world has made it that we've lost the true wonder of the event that we're celebrating? Have we lost the wonder, the amazement, the gratefulness that should be associated with this incredible world and eternity changing event? Have we as families made Jesus the focus or will our kids grow up without the wonder that surrounded the first Christmas? Over these four weeks, we pray that there might just be a little twinkle in your eye, a little smile on your face, or maybe a tear or two as you stand in awe of the true wonder of Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to study your word together, to look at these ancient prophecies, and to imagine what it would have been like to wait 
for those to come true, to wait on your promises to be fulfilled. May we, as we study this and consider the wonder of Christmas, never, ever, ever lose that wonder in all of you and all the things that you have done, all the things that you are doing, and all of the things that you will do in our lives to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in life, what are the things that you've most excitedly waited on? Think of all the life events you have waited for. As a kid, did you ever ask for a certain gift and then wait and wait and wait and wait in hopes to get it, only to arrive that Christmas morning to come and tear open the package to find that gift you've been waiting for? Were you crazy excited about finally getting your driver's license or maybe your first car to get married, waiting on that day to arrive, to get your first real job, maybe to purchase your first house, the birth of a child? Think of the things that you have excitedly waited for with all the anticipation, the nerves, the emotions of those events. Now, now imagine drawing that out as an entire culture, a nation of people over the course of nearly 2,000 years, with a renewed hope in each generation of people, a people who ended up in slavery or exile, waiting on a Redeemer, a Messiah, a Savior. People, did they lose hope? in this promise from God? Absolutely, I, I know that they did. We have documented proof as people turned on Moses and turned on God and wanted to go back to Egypt and slavery. We see it through the book of Judges and the historical accounts of the kings of Israel. It seems as if the Hebrew nation repeatedly put their hope in people and in idols instead of the promises of God. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Some of them turned their back completely on God, while others tried to have it both ways. They want to fit in with the world. They want to be like their neighbors. They want what everyone else seemed to have rather than to rely on God. Wait a minute. Does that sound familiar to you as well? You see, but to the, through these 2,000 years, there was always a remnant of God's people that remained faithful. God had continued to pursue his people. He sent prophet after prophet to warn people, to encourage people. These prophets often brought really bad news of the wrath of God that was imminent if people did not change course. Dire warnings of destruction and exile if they turned away from God. But they also offered hope beyond their current circumstances. There were always the faithful. There will always be the faithful. It's obvious through the brutal honesty of many of the prophets that they had lost hope in the people. Some even seemed to question God at times, but each of them held out hope that the Hebrew nation would be a great nation, that the world would somehow be blessed through the seed of Abraham just as God had promised. When God said in Genesis 12:3 that all the people of the earth will be blessed through you, he was referring to the day that the Jews and Gentiles would be united as one people through the blood of Jesus. This same thing is echoed in Genesis 22:18, as God again promises that through Abraham's offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The prophet Isaiah in 49:6 wrote about the Jewish people, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation, my salvation, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> salvation to the ends of the earth. How is this possible? At the moment Isaiah shares these words, the northern kingdom of Israel was being taken over by the Assyrians. Threats were arising on every side for the Jews who remained in the southern kingdom of Judea. How could this ever happen? 
In a little more than a hundred years, the Hebrew nation would be forced into Babylonian exile. Where's the hope of a Messiah within that? Will another Moses rise up and lead them back to Israel? The only way that something of that magnitude would be possible in the mind of the common man would be to dream, to wonder of how God will accomplish this great plan through his people. To each generation, all the way up to the time of Jesus' birth, the nation of Israel held out this hope. They dreamt of the day the Messiah would come and restore Israel. Can you imagine being part of such a plan? The wonder, the amazement about how this impossible task would be accomplished. Who is this great leader? Who will be our Savior, our Messiah? For generation after generation, the faithful continued to believe, continued to put their hope in this promise. Now, the prophet Isaiah lived more than 700 years before the time of Jesus. By the time, by this time, the unity of Israel had long been broken. The northern kingdom was on the brink of collapse as the Assyrian Empire took over. His message to the people of the southern kingdom of Judah was intensified as the Assyrians began to threaten them. He insisted that they trust God, not other world powers like Egypt, for protection. For the masses, once again, hope was lost. Soon, their country would be lost. They would ultimately be conquered and forced into exile by the Babylonians in 586 BC, taken from their homeland, taken from the promised land. Yet there were still those that believed. There were still those that knew God was faithful. The wonder? How would God accomplish this? Think all the way back to Abraham. How will God accomplish this through me? I don't even have a son. Think of the Israelites in Egypt. How will God ever be able to deliver us? Will we ever reach the promised land? The Jews hope. The Jews lost hope in their prophets and judges, so they turned the worldly route of kings, which ultimately failed them to the point of losing everything. So they were left to wait and wonder. In this time of waiting, what did they put their hope in? The greatest source they had were the words which God had spoken through his prophets. Some were a bit vague and hard to discern, while others were as obvious as the sun in the midday sky. Some accepted and cherished these words, while others dismissed them as the mindless ramblings of old men. Regardless, it was all they had. As you hear these words, which ones would give you hope? Of a better life? Which ones would give you encouragement under the oppression of a foreign government? Which would you dream about as you prayed to God for protection and salvation from your enemies? Now, for many of us, these are not new words. But see, we see them from a very different perspective. We see them as prophecy fulfilled. We see them as signs that pointed to Jesus, to Christmas, and beyond. Our goal in this time together is to allow ourselves to be taken back as if none of these things had happened yet. These words represented a confidence in what they hoped for, an assurance about what they do not even see as being possible, given their circumstances. That is called faith. Allow yourself to be caught up within these dreams of the Jewish people. Turn with me to Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. But you... Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she comes who is in labor and bears a son. 
and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flocks in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. The prophet Micah is holding out the hope of a great ruler whose existence has been in place since eternity past. This great ruler will rise out of the shadows of an obscure, even forgotten village. And though he is God, he will be born of a woman. His role will be that of guarding and guiding the flock with the power of God. And ultimately, his greatness will spread to the ends of the earth. What an encouragement to the Hebrew nation. What a dream. The wonder of the God of Israel doing these things. It would be as if they were reliving the ancient stories of the miracles of God performed in Egypt or the prophets, through the prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Something to long for, for sure. Now these next two passages from Isaiah are a standard part of the messianic prophecies surrounding Christmas. But please try to envision them from before their fulfillment. Imagine being in a time of exile long before the truth of these words ever came into existence as you wondered and held out hope that God would indeed make these things come true. Beginning in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. God with us. Impossible. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the lambs of land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and the righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Incredible. This is who the people of God needed in the very moment Isaiah gave them this word from the Lord. This is who the people longed for in their days of exile in Babylon. This is who they wondered if and when he would ever come during the days of Roman occupation. As you hear these words and imagine the dreams and hopes of the people of Israel, do you see what they thought they were looking for? When Jesus did arrive, fulfilling every one of these prophecies and many, many more, do you see how they could have missed it? Even though there were those that still held out hope, their interpretation of who the Messiah was to be was not the reality with which God revealed to them Jesus. These are an example of some of the words which left the nation of Israel to wonder who this Messiah would be to wonder where this Messiah would come from, to wonder when this Messiah would come, and to wonder how he could possibly change the circumstances for the nation of Israel and ultimately the entire world. So much of the wonder that God has surrounded us with 
even today has been taken away. When was the last time you sat down in amazement and looked at life and the miracle that it is? When did you last stand and look in awe at the creation which you and I have had the privilege of living in? Have you ever simply just stared out at night at the stars and wondered, how is any of this even possible? The wonder of God is truly all around us. When we take a moment this time of year and consider the coming of Jesus to this earth, maybe the truly miraculous nature of Christmas and everything that surrounds it was intended by God so that some of his followers and those seeking would never lose that wonder and excitement and amazement about our God. Just a quick side note, we want to thank you from Berea Christian Church for listening. We're experiencing some audio and video difficulties on Sunday mornings at the moment, so uh, we just have the podcast ready to go for this week. Thank you again for listening. We hope to get the video side of things restored, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to the audio version. Feel free to download it. You can subscribe at Escape Yourself Podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a great Christmas holiday. We look forward to seeing you on a Sunday morning soon. Services at Berea Christian Church are at 9.15 and 11 o'clock each and every Sunday. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.